Today's Your Stories is brought to you by MakeSpace. Wish you had more space in your home? Use MakeSpace. They'll pick up, store, and deliver your stuff. Get started at MakeSpace.com and use code CHICAGO50 to get $50 of free storage. Thanks, MakeSpace. Hi, everyone. Eric Arnell here with a pretty fun episode of the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories. Uh, we're calling this one an Our Stories because it's all Nerdalog members in this, no outside people. But we also recorded this live at a sold-out show we did in Pittsburgh this past Saturday at the Arcade Comedy Theater. So it's kind of a mix of a studio show and a live show. Uh, Pittsburgh was fantastic to us, and we had an amazing time there. So thanks so much to the venue and to everyone who came out. Uh, we cut a few of the more visual bits for the podcast, but you're still getting a big chunk of our show, including story songs and comedy from Katie Johnston-Smith, Mike Jando, Joe Gennaro, and myself. Uh, the audio does get a little weird at times, but I still think this is pretty fun, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if this isn't your speed, don't fret. We'll be back next week with a regular Your Stories. Uh, speaking of regular Your Stories, we're recording our next episode this Sunday night at the Sum Office Theater, 1917 North Elston in Chicago at 7 p.m. As usual, this is free to attend, and it's going to be tons of fun. Our special guests for the night are from the podcast live show Improvised Star Trek, and our theme, because of that, is A Night with the Stars. Uh, if that makes you think of a story you want to share, we've got a few spots left, so feel free to email us your pitch at yourstories at nerdalog.com. Uh, also, we're in the process of putting together our end-of-the-year Your Stories podcast and live shows, and we'd love your help with that. So if you've downloaded or attended any of our shows in the past 12 months, you can let us know what your favorite stories and songs were. That would be awesome. Uh, you can submit your choices at www.nerdalogs.com, and that helps us put together our best of episodes for 2015. It also lets us know who to invite back for our December annual live show. So, uh, yeah, you are instrumental in putting that together, guys. So please, please, please submit your picks. Uh, one last plug. I want to thank our episode sponsors, Make Space, one more time. And also, of course, a giant shout-out to the Chicago Podcast Co-op for helping a bunch of people like us do what we do. They are super great. If you represent a business or are a creative person yourself, visit chicagopodcastcoop.com for info on how to be a part of this really cool thing. Uh, I think that's all I've got for now. So enjoy the nerds live from Pittsburgh. Thanks, guys. I am so excited to bring our next guest to the stage. Uh, they came in from Chicago, and uh, like I said, it sounded like a lot of you guys have listened to some of the podcasts. Yeah. Is that how you know the Nerdalogs? Yeah. Or do you know them from the wonderful game Fisticuffs that they have created? Yeah. That is right off my left. Hey, that, you write that on the back of the box. Endorsed by at least one drunk lady. <laughs> So, uh, either way, I want to get them up to the stage with some great energy. So let's maybe start off like a, like a small golf clap at first. <laughs> then maybe like a baseball game. Postseason baseball. Pop fight. The bad people. Let's cheer for Inertalo. message still relates to the average person of today, so what have you got for me? Dolly, yes. I have 
just the thing. Theme songs. Did you know that the original Star Trek theme song had lyrics? Written by none other than Gene Roddenberry himself? Wouldn't you agree that that's just a treasure waiting to be rediscovered? (laughs) Come on out here, Dave. Wait, who's it? Uh, Dave is my sister's kid. He's kind of a big deal in the San Jose alternative reggae tone scene. (laughs) And his vocal cords are just what we need to put Paramount in a Warp 9 course. Engage. <laughs> to success. <laughs> Sing the song, Dave. Beyond the rim of the starlight <laughs> My love waters in starflight I know he'll find in star clustered reaches Love, strange love a star woman teaches
Yeah. It's about space <laughs> and all the frontier it presents. It's about staring down adversity. It's about pushing the boundaries of technology and human achievement to unite all of existence. It's about staring down public darkness and anger and fear in our lives and saying, You don't have a hold on me! Not today! And not ever again! You are going to get so many star women, I swear! Shut the fuck up, kid! So... I think you can see why we will not be going with your nephews there in front. Yes, thank you for yeah. your time, Dom. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Dave, your mom is gonna kill me. I know, I haven't been to school in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, Snitches get <laughs> Snickers. Stitches! <laughs> Jesus, Dave! <laughs> hey, how are the redone lyrics to Battlestar Galactica coming? Oh, Hey, buddy, uh, I think your mom changed the password to the Wi-Fi. Do you know what it is? Oh, yeah. Um, uh... Yep. All right. You ready? Yes. Okay. Um, I. Yep. D. Mm-hmm. E. S. P. Yep. I. S. E. M. Y. Yeah. U. G. L. Y. F. A. I. L. U. R. E. A. N. O. A. D. O. P. T E D S O N Seven. I despise my ugly failure of an adopted son. Seventeen. I'm adopted. You're adopted. Hi. How you guys doing tonight? Thank you guys so much for coming out here. Uh, this is our first time performing in Pittsburgh, but we are very excited to be out here. Very happy you guys can make it out. Thank you very much. Give it up for that first team. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh. This is one of the great sports cities in America, right? Yeah. Some Steelers fans over here. Very cool. I mean, which, which I respect that fact, and I appreciate that fact. I don't may not necessarily like that fact. In fact, I was a little nervous coming into the show tonight to telling uh, to tell this story, so I'm hoping that while I tell it, please try to remain calm and refrain from throwing anything on stage. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> Honestly, a warmer reaction than I expected. Today. I'm from the land of Drew Carey, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the home of the inventor of the padded bicycle seat. <laughs> Those are three of our biggest accomplishments. <laughs> um, our Cuyahoga River has caught fire not once, not twice, but 13 times. 13 times! Uh, we are a town with what is actually a well-renowned academic hospital that specializes in cardiovascular disease, which is pretty cool. We also
also have a restaurant called Melt that serves deep fried mashed yeah! on top of another grilled cheese sandwich. So that hospital was more of a necessity than a <laughs> And when it comes to sports, oh, Cleveland has a very storied history. Storied, but not celebrated. Cleveland is mostly associated with the near misses and total blunders that have befallen our city for the last half century. And we have had so many of them that in order to keep them straight, we've just given them all one-word titles. The drive. The fumble. The shot. The catch. The move. The decision. There's more, but I don't want to make myself sad. <laughs> Cleveland has gone 51 years since its last championship of any kind. That is a total of 144 professional seasons across the four major sports, the longest current streak of any U.S. city, since we were last the best at something other than creating flammable water. <laughs> 15 times! Now, the monument that stands tallest and proudest in our land of failures has to be the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland just loves football, the same way that dogs love chocolate. Uh. <laughs> it hurts us, but we want it so bad. See, we eat, drink, breathe, and bleed brown and orange. Although the Browns did unveil a much type new logo this year, so we bleed a much orangier orange than we did before. Orangier. Thank you. <laughs> the Browns were the last team of any kind to win any championship for Cleveland. It was 1964. That means that a man, uh, a man hadn't walked on the moon the last time somebody walked in Cleveland as champion. <laughs> now, if any of you are knowledgeable football fans, I'm sure you guys are, you may be thinking to yourself, Joe, Cleveland has never won a Super Bowl. You're right, and please stop saying that. <laughs> Despite the fact that the Cleveland Browns have won eight league championships, none of them have technically been Super Bowls. The last one we won in 1964, two years before the word Super Bowl was invented. They're the same thing. <laughs> four, four more AFL championships. I'm not going to get into it right now. Uh, in the 80s, the Browns twice were knocked out of the playoffs and missed a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Back-to-back -back years, both against John fucking Elway and the Denver fucking Broncos. <laughs> that was the drive of the fumble. Then in 1995, our owner, Art Modell, the same owner who fired our namesake Hall of Fame coach, uh, who then turned around and said, screw you, and went to Cincinnati to make the Bengals. Yeah, that owner. He announced in the middle of the season that he was going to move the team to Baltimore so he could have the taxpayers out there in a stadium. Fun fact, Art Rooney and the Steelers were one of only two teams to vote against that move. Mr. Rooney said he didn't want to lose such an historic rivalry, which has now surely been lost thanks to the subpar play from what is essentially an expansion team. So, thank you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> the Browns' name stayed in Cleveland, but the team itself became the Baltimore Ravens in 1996. The Browns came back to the league in 1999. The Ravens then won a Super Bowl in 2000. <laughs> and 2010. Go Browns. The, um, 
We hosted an NHL team for two seasons in the 70s, the Cleveland Barons. <laughs> they lost nearly twice as many games as they won, then went bankrupt and merged with the Minnesota North Stars, who then went bankrupt and moved to Dallas, where they won a Stanley Cup in 1999. Go <laughs> The Cleveland Indians... I mean, the best stuff they did in the last 60 years was Major League, Major League 2, Major League 3, back to the minors. <laughs> so the Cavaliers have represented our most recent and most real chance for the, security, for the city to secure some kind of championship. Now, for a long time, the Cavs were not good at all. They came into the league in 1970, didn't ever appear in the finals until 2007, when we were swept by the Spurs. Now, in between that time, any of you basketball fans know the shot? Jordan over Elo? Elo was one of ours. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, we've had LeBron, then he left the decision. Now he's back, the return. And last year we made it to the finals again. But we lost to the Warriors in five games. Super sweet. Go Browns! So, really, what I want to say is that, like so many cities before us have been lucky enough to experience, all I want to see for Cleveland, all I want to see, is a group of 20 and 30-something-year-olds win a piece of jewelry <laughs> that they got paid millions of dollars to wear the name of my city on their work shirt. <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I want. And we're not there yet. Maybe we will be one day, but we're not there yet. I, I just want Cleveland to be seen as a contender rather than an also-ran. I hope that one day we get our rivalry back with the Steelers, because that would be great. Instead of just being seen as a little brother who can't do any damage. <laughs> I mean, but to compete, we're going to need four for all of our fingers before we even consider one for the thumb. Or one for the other hand, although that doesn't really bring us see what you guys did. <laughs> Hell, maybe Cleveland will even win 13 Super Bowls. One for every time we've set our GD River on fire. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Going to sing a song that we wrote about loss. <laughs> there are two pale mountains and a river flowing wide. Two pale mountains with a flow and a tide. Your soul is gone, your share is here. In my heart, you reside, my dear. There's a dark star at the bottom where the river runs through. It flows inside me and is now outside you. Mountains grow cold, all winters are near. In my heart, you reside, my dear. The pale mountains are your butt cheeks, cause your skin is so white. The dark star is your butthole, it's glad it is not. The river that flows out of you is in fact a river of your own poo. You died and you shed and you ripped a big fart. You died and you shed, but you're still in my heart. La-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
terrible movie. <laughs> but uh, in the summer of 1999, it's Pittsburgh, PA. A chubby little 12 year old girl who wore boys' gym clothes and actively made her Barbies and Beanie Babies have sex with each other in cardboard shoe boxes. Um, thought that movie was the most epic. It was the most epic. And full disclosure, that little girl was me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> speaking of my mom, she came of age in the era of episodes four, five, and six, and she wanted to be a part of that hype again and bring her kids in on the action. So she and our neighbor waited in a line that wrapped around the uh, the movie theater by the South Hills Village Mall. You know, the one in Apple Park that was across from the Eaton Park and the Coles and Toys R Us and the Half Price Books. And like, later in high school, I would identify as close to my hot English teacher's house. <laughs> you know, anyway, Mom waited all day in that line so she could get tickets for she and my brothers and me to see the midnight showing of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I don't care how actually bad that movie was, because to me, in that moment, it was Oscar-worthy. I had never, ever, ever in my whole entire life felt cool. But let me tell you what. The morning after seeing a Sun Sweet Phantom Menace Midnight Movie action, I rolled up to Mellon Middle School feeling like a badass baller. Yeah, 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 yeah. People were, like, talking about how badly they wanted to go see that flick, and I was like, oh, shit, I already saw that fuck that shit last night! <laughs> also, when I watched that movie, I found out my mother was a, uh, a sexual being because she kind of lost her mind with qui <laughs> Wi-Fi password. Okay. What is it? 
You ready? Yeah. I. <laughs> D. E. S. P. I. S. E. M. Y. U. G. L. Y. F. A. I. L. U. R. E. O. F. A. N. A. D. O. P. T. E. D. S. O. N. One. Eight. I'm eighteen, Mom. Actually, your paperwork says you are twenty-three. What? Stop changing the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> so much uh, for coming to see the show. Uh, I'm Mike Chando. I'm uh, the, the last person of uh, the Nerlons who hasn't talked tonight, uh, even a monologue. Um, I was thinking I had a hard time picking a monologue for today. Uh, I was really excited for this trip. We drove in this morning and we're driving out tomorrow. Uh, it's an eight-hour drive. And I love driving. I love road trips because uh, it always feels like... I'm the kind of guy who likes when the power goes out because it feels like a camping. Uh, and I'm the kind of guy who loves road trips because it feels like an adventure. So I thought it'd be appropriate uh, to tell you uh, the story of my first adventure. Uh, it wasn't an eight-hour drive. It was a five-minute walk. Uh, <laughs> but it felt like an eight-hour drive because I was four. Uh, and uh, So the setup for this. Uh, I was four years old, and I have a brother and sister. Uh, they're uh, six and seven. Uh, six and seven years older than me, sorry. They're not six and seven. Uh, <laughs> six and seven years older than me, and uh, so at the time they're like 11 and 10. Um, they were going to school and I wasn't. And so my day consisted of waiting for them to come home and then bothering them until I went to sleep and then waking up and waiting for them to come home, you know, rinse and repeat. Uh, and so when I wasn't bothering them because they were at school, I was bothering my mom. And it was always about uh, when they'd come home. And she, she got to the point where she was like, just take a look at that clock. Just sit here and watch that clock. When the hour hand gets to the three, they're on their way home, school's out. Uh, so I tried to convert the laws of physics to work in my favor, and uh, I climbed up onto the chair, and I moved the clock to the three, and I was like, voila! Uh, they didn't come home. She explained to me that's not how time goes. <laughs> Which I don't believe. I've seen... TV, and I think it works like that. <laughs> uh, so, eventually I said, you know what? If they're not coming to me, I'm going to them. My mom was doing something. You know how they say kids disappear, you look away for a minute? That's true. Because in a minute's time, uh, my little four-year-old self uh, pulled the chair up to my front door, undid the deadbolt, undid the lock, put the chair away, opened the door, and was ready to leave to go to their school. Uh, I took a step outside and realized I don't have any shoes. Uh, I wasn't old enough to put shoes on myself because I didn't know how the straps worked. Uh, so I put my dad's work shoes on. Uh, and I began 
trotting out of uh, uh, my house uh, to go to uh, my brother's school. I don't even know how I remember. Like, I don't know how I knew how to get there, but I knew how to get there. And uh, it, it, the path required crossing several streets. Not busy streets, but streets. And again, you've watched Sesame Street more than once, you know. You don't cross the street without an adult. But you also know you don't talk to strangers. So what do you do? Well, again, four-year-old logic prevailed because I found a stranger. I didn't talk to him. I just walked alongside him as he crossed the street. I don't know who this guy was. But he didn't think it was weird that a four-year-old was wearing these, like, shiny leather work shoes and was, like, just staring at him. like, what? He never, he never asked. Uh, so, finally, I, I did this a couple times, and uh, I made it to uh, my brother's sister's school. And so, there was the entranceway, but this school's, like, got a lot of, like, decorations of these giant, like, I guess they're giant to my four-year-old self. Maybe they were normal size. But uh, these giant metal doors, uh, and they didn't work. They were just there for, for looks. And so I just went up to them, and I just started knocking on that and shouting my brother and sister's name. And I'm there for maybe like 30 seconds when I just hear my mom screeching my name. And I turn around, and she's like in her PJs, and she's visibly like shaking. And she's like, what were you doing? And I was like, I want to go to school and see my brother and sister. And she was so angry with me. And uh, she took me back home. And, like, they asked me, like, how I got there. And I told them about the guy. They're like, oh, my God. It could have, it could have been much worse. <laughs> it also could have been much better. But it could have been but They never say that. It could have been much better. But it could have been much worse. Uh, and she had recruited the help of uh, one of my neighbors who was an old lady. And I think I almost killed her. I swear to God. I think I almost killed her. She looked like she was, she was terrified for mom. Uh, anyway, my brother and sister came home, and they, like, went to their room, locked the door, and whatever, and, uh, uh, I never forgot that, and my parents, uh, never forgot it, and, uh, that was my first adventure. I was told I've been for three 
proud part of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you enjoy your stories, you might also like Roboism. Hosts Alex and Savannah discuss robots and feminism, but mostly robots. You can see more at Roboism.fm. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.